0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash and this is the weekend edition of the show where we interview notable people in the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have Dana Samuelson from American Gold Exchange. Dana, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, it's great to be here.
0: So Dana, you're obviously involved in precious metals day in, day out. Talk to us about how precious metals play as a part of a portfolio strategy along with other real assets. Of course, real estate is a real asset. And so in that respect, real assets like gold, precious metals pay an important part of anyone's investment portfolio.
1: Well, gold acts as a natural counterbalance to most traditional investments. So if uh, you own real estate or, say, stocks, and they're doing well, gold tends to not do so well. But on the other hand, if you're in a weaker stock market environment or a weaker real estate environment, gold tends to perform uh, as a counterbalance, as I said, to traditional investments. So as one goes up, the other goes down. And a perfect example, and this is a little bit of cherry picking, but a perfect example is Between 2008 and 2011, uh, when the financial crisis hit and real estate prices were in trouble, gold doubled in price. And it was a natural uh, way to offset losses in your other assets and have some insurance for your money, basically.
0: There's obviously a lot of money that's been printed over the last several years. You know, the Federal Reserve has done quantitative easings one, two, and three. We've seen trillions of dollars being printed. In fact, over a trillion dollars in just the last six months alone. That, at the end of the day, is going to have to have some impact. going to have some devaluation of the currency. How is that going to play out, in your opinion, with respect to gold prices?
1: Well, gold trades inversely to the dollar. So as the dollar goes up, gold goes down. And as the dollar goes down, gold goes up. And this has been a traditional inverse relationship for a long time. I'm very concerned about the increasing debt that we have and now the uh, increasing deficits that we're just going into. So the U.S. uh, has just crossed $21 trillion in debt. Next year will be $22 trillion in debt. By 2020, we'll probably be $23 trillion in debt. And this is a recipe for a, a lower dollar. And this doesn't include what's happened in Europe and Japan. When you add up all of the money that has been created in the last 10 years to buoy the markets and the system from the financial crisis, it's enormous. And it's it's unprecedented. Japan is at 225% of GDP uh, relative to their debt. The U.S. is at 100% of debt to GDP. In this environment... Uh, you don't get gross domestic product much over 3%. So we're not really going to grow our way out of this problem. That's not going to happen. At some point in time, the only way to adjust for this is to have a, some kind of a currency devaluation or perhaps defaults of some kind. And in that environment, gold is the perfect insurance policy.
0: Many investors who are thinking about getting some kind of hedge against this this form of inflation Often just don't know how to even access gold. You know, it's not like you can go to the bank and just, you know go up to the teller and say, "I'd like to buy gold." How does someone even access gold? And of course, gold comes in many different forms. It can come as a paper asset in the form of gold certificates. It can come in the form of the actual metal itself. And then you've got the physical problem of where to put it for safekeeping.
1: Well, I'm a physical precious metals dealer. My company, American Gold Exchange, is a national mail order dealer in the United States. So we deal in the physical product. You can buy, if you want to speculate and trade the market, you can buy GLD, which is an ETF, or SLV for silver. Those are very cost effective ways to have a paper gold or silver policy. But if you want physical gold as a way to have a little crisis money or to uh, transport wealth easily, physical wealth very easily, there's nothing better than gold. Also, you can transfer wealth from one person to another easily with gold as well. You can invest in the mining business, which is not something I really do. I don't follow the mining shares, so I'm not an expert in those. I'm not qualified to talk about them. But I am in the physical markets.
0: So what would be the difference between, say, holding a gold certificate versus holding the actual metal itself? What would be the advantage of one versus the other?
1: Well, if you hold a certificate, you hold a claim to gold. You don't actually own the physical metal itself. And that's really where the true insurance policy is in in case of a real crisis. If you need it, if you really want it, you're not going to want the paper. You're going to want the physical.
0: Gold comes in many different forms. You can buy it as gold bullion. You can buy it as coins. You can buy it as jewelry. What are some of the benefits of one versus the other?
1: Well, if you want gold for gold's sake uh, in physical, we recommend a sovereign minted modern bullion coins like the U.S. one-ounce gold eagle or the Canadian one-ounce gold maple leaf. These are the two top physical bullion products in the United States and in North America. They're the most widely traded. They're extremely competitively priced among reliable dealers. They're extremely liquid. Everybody knows them. I would be careful with bars. Uh, that's what most people think of in their mind, a golden bar, but the these the sovereign mints have supplanted the private manufacturers who used to make a lot of bars as the real distributors now that the mints have been doing it. The Canadian mint's been making maple leaf since 1977. The U.S. mint has been making gold eagle since 1986. And of course, the first one was the South African mint. Everybody's familiar with the South African one ounce gold Krugerrand. These are vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry if these were ice cream flavors, and they're they're very widely traded. We also have another growing problem that most people are really not aware of, and that's we're having an increasing issue with counterfeit bars coming out of China. And this is a real problem that most... Most people don't know about. I'm the uh, immediate past president of the Professional Numismatist Guild, which is the leading organization of rare coin dealers in the country. And we created, 18 months ago, an anti-counterfeiting task force to combat the burgeoning problem of Chinese counterfeits coming into the United States, in particular in bar form, but they're also starting to counterfeit coins. Their coins are much, much harder to make good replicas of. The bars are much more simple because they're much cruder looking, where the coins have much more intricate design. And it's becoming a problem. So you have to deal with a known dealer, one that's been in business for a while, Uh, the longer the better, And don't buy on some of the internet platforms that are out there because that's a a way for some of this merchandise to come in. So we really recommend the one ounce products from the US Mint and the Canadian Mint for most investors.
0: Those counterfeit bars, how are those typically done? How are they doing it?
1: Well, it's no secret that tungsten has a, a density that's very close to gold. So they take tungsten. And they plate it with gold and then make it as close to uh, authentic looking as possible with a gold cover on it. So they tend to do it in one ounce bars that come in plastic packaging because the plastic packaging obscures the size of the bar and the weight on a scale. So that's where the biggest issue is. We've also seen kilogram bars that have actually been tungsten-plated kilogram bars that some of the major financial institutions have. Unfortunately, you know, out of a hundred bars, they might find one or two bad ones. And at thirty-two point one five ounces per bar, that's not one you want to get.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. If someone's holding gold, can they actually borrow money against it? Can they use it as collateral?
1: Uh, Actually, yes. There are a couple of financial institutions I know of that are uh, reputable and reliable and trustworthy. It's the most important thing. Who will loan against your physical holdings? They have to take possession of it. And they will loan most of the value of the uh, market value of the gold. They're going to have a small cushion usually 10 or 15% to prevent margin calls and volatile market, but we're in a pretty steady market right now. And the interest rates vary a little bit. They're not as competitive as you might like them to be, but they can be 5 or 6% in the current environment, 7% depending on the actual uh, interest rates and um, how much you want to loan for. Usually we're looking at, you know, 50 ounce minimum, 100 ounces of gold, to be worthwhile to get a loan against your holdings, but that's a way for you to use the money. If you have a vehicle that can earn a greater return and it's not just a policy, an insurance policy that is, uh, you know, just tying up money for you.
0: Oh, well, very interesting. Well, Dana is always great to catch up with you. We get to see each other once or twice a year. And uh, as always great to see you again.
1: Well, Victor, it's great to see you. And I really appreciate your having me on your podcast and uh, I hope you have wonderful success in the future.
0: Well, Espresso fans, that's Dana Samuelson from American Gold Exchange. As real estate investors, we're not just interested in real estate. We're interested in real assets across the board because real assets hold their value, especially in an inflationary environment. Meantime, as you're thinking about where to place your cash when you've sold a property, maybe you want to consider putting a portion of it in gold. the Meantime, have a spectacular day Make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.